is up, Hog fans? Welcome to another episode of the House of Hog podcast. I'm your host, Connor Goodson. The number 14th ranked Arkansas Razorbacks have just defeated the Purdue Boilermakers, the number three team in the country. It took overtime, but the Hogs come out on top 81-77 in a charity exhibition game. And I just, I have no, no complaints from what we saw. I don't know how you can't be impressed with what you, what just happened. I'll be the first to tell you that coming into this game, I didn't feel great about it because Purdue is experienced. They're one of the best teams in the country. There's a reason why they're ranked third. It's not just because it's Purdue. It's not this name brand thing like some other teams. They have the returning best player in the country, Zach Eady. And Arkansas has a lot more had a lot more turnover in the offseason. You know, Purdue brings back six of their seven leading scorers from last year's team. It was number one in the country for however many weeks. They were one of the top seeds in the country going into the NCAA tournament. I think that they were number one overall seed, maybe. I'm going to have to fact check that. But they were one of the four number one seeds in the NCAA tournament last year. Arkansas goes out. They get L. Ellis. Chandler Lawson, Shermond Mark, Khalif Battle, Jeremiah Davenport, and then you bring in a new freshman, Layden Blocker, and you only bring back Trevin Brazil, Joseph Pinion, and Makai Mitchell. Those were the only guys that saw the floor today that were still here, Devo Davis as well. Four guys that were here last year that saw the saw some action today. So that that chemistry advantage that Purdue has I thought was going to prevail. And I thought that Arkansas was going to look a lot more rusty. I thought that there was going to be some issues with maybe the shooting doesn't translate. Maybe the defensive rotations aren't going to be as good, but to, to this team's credit and to what Musselman had said in the off season, this team is way more ahead of schedule than we thought. And they come out with a huge win and, it doesn't count. It's not going to count on the record books. It's not going to count on the NCAA tournament resume going forward. There's not going to be – nobody's going to say, oh, well, this team beat Purdue in the preseason, so let's uh, let's bump that seed up from a seven to maybe a five. No, 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 no. For one, I don't think that Arkansas, unless there's injuries, is going to be that low. But it doesn't count. And number one, there was 19,000 Arkansas fans, a sold-out Bud Walton Arena to watch this. And number two, this team played like it was a regular season game. They approached this with the professional mentality, a very focused, veteran, mature mentality, and they took care of business. And if you're an Arkansas fan, you can go to sleep very, very happy tonight. I'm just... Really thrilled, and I'm not going to overreact. I'm not going to try to overreact and say that Arkansas is the favorite to win the national championship now. No, we, we've still got five or almost six full months until March and until we'll get to figure this figure this whole tournament field out and see what Arkansas has. And there's a lot that can happen. You, you've got to stay healthy. You've got to continue to get better. It's just too early to – it's really too early to overreact, but you can't help but just smile and – and think that it was a great day for the state, for the program, for this basketball team. Let's get into it. Let's look at what happened. 81-77 was the final score, and we knew that Zach Eady was going to be a problem. National Player of the Year, you don't get that just because you you get 
you have to earn that title, and he earned that title. We we saw it. But to his credit, the Arkansas Razorbacks threw everything at him, and one of the biggest things I think that was the difference in the game was Chandler Lawson. Chandler Lawson, I think, throughout the entire offseason has been one of these under-the-radar additions that – he was kind of a later addition. He wasn't one of the first ones to commit. He's a transfer from Memphis. He's 6'8", but he's got a 7'7 seven, seven wingspan. They may have mentioned it on the broadcast. I'm not sure. But 7'7", seven, seven, you can't teach. You cannot teach that kind of size. You can't teach that kind of length. And his instincts are great, too. He's got really good instincts on the defensive end. And he was giving Zach Eady everything he could handle. The, the National Player of the Year was getting getting frustrated wasn't getting anything easy, and it was because Chandler Lawson played some great defense. It was great team defense. Musselman talked about how that they were going to have to approach it kind of like they would Shaq and, and game plan around it like they would have to Shaq and, and you know guys like that. It was the ED rules is what they were mentioning in the media availability earlier this week. So they were going to have to defend him as a team. It wasn't just, you know, you hope your best guy can can stop him. It was kind of you playing your rotations and in your defensive scheme around where Edie is going to be and slowing him down. So, but Traylon or uh, not Traylon, uh, Chandler Lawson was in the middle of that. He he was the centerpiece, and if he was going to struggle, Arkansas was going to struggle as a team. But he did not. He finishes with ten points, three steals, three blocks, two boards. You just can't really can't really ask for more. He's one of those guys that's just an X factor. He, he's going to be the X factor of this team, and and I'm just excited to see him get get an opportunity and make the most of it because I, I think that he's he's going to be an important part of this team going forward. And not a lot of people had him on it on their radar for being an an important piece of this team, but he played the most minutes besides Tremont Mark out of anyone in the Arkansas in an Arkansas jersey today. So. Great performance from him. Give him a game ball for sure. But Arkansas had four guys that scored more than Chandler Lawson, and it was a team effort all the way around. It was very – you could tell that they were knocking off some rust, kind of getting getting acclimated to, to the environment, the crowd, and, and kind of feeling out Purdue. It was very back and forth to start things off. Arkansas goes on a little run, gets themselves a five-point lead going into halftime, 31-26, and then they come out of halftime, guns blazing, and open up a nine-point lead, which was the biggest lead that they had had all game, and it would be the biggest lead that they had all day. And then after that initial burst, Purdue starts whittling it back, just grinding out points, grinding out possessions, and starts to slowly, I think they go on like an 11 or maybe a 9 or 11-0 run or something like that to tie, and then they take a two-point lead. And then from then on, it was back and forth. There were 11 lead changes in this game. It was tied 12 times. Neither team led by double digits, which is just two, two, two very, very talented and I want to say championship contending caliber teams just throwing haymakers at each other down the stretch. That, that's what it was. If you were a basketball fan, you know, leave your Arkansas fandom or your Purdue fandom at the door. This was just a great basketball game in October, too. I mean, it, we are six months away from March, from March Madness and tournament time. 
and the crowd was into it. The atmosphere was incredible. You just had to feel like it felt like it was playoff championship tournament basketball. And we're in October. We're in the heat of football season. And this stuff, this stuff doesn't, doesn't happen often. And uh, so it was a very special game. And, and going down the stretch, it felt like it had that big time, prime time feel. It, if you're a basketball fan, you had to be pleased watching that. Regardless of who won, it was just a fun, entertaining game to, win, uh, to watch and follow along where the game changed. It kind of felt like Purdue had control of the game towards the end. Uh, They were able to knock down a couple of big shots. Mason Gillis, who was, was kind of under the radar coming into this game. I didn't really expect a whole lot from him. You know, he, they had a lot of guys around Edie who were more than capable of doing things on their own, but he was pretty much their, flamethrower there at the end he hit two crucial threes towards the end of the game late in the fourth or second half and they get a 69-66 lead with under a minute to play you know it was back and forth that whole time Arkansas kind of struggled to maintain some offense consistent offense some back-to-back possessions there down the stretch Purdue makes them pay. What what any good veteran, experienced, well-coached ball club does, they make them pay, and they have a three-point lead. And Arkansas's only play re- really at the end was to have someone that could go get you a bucket, go get you a bucket. And I'm going to go ahead and dub Tremont Mark, Tremont, go get me a bucket Mark, because that's what that's what he can do, and that's what he showed that he's capable of doing at a high level. He hits a pull-up three with – it's maybe not the best shot that you could get in that situation, but he hits a pull-up three to tie the game with 22 seconds to go, which eventually would be the three to tie and, and force overtime. And what else – what more could you ask from this game than actually going to overtime? You know, with it being an exhibition game, you know, some people were complaining about maybe we should just have it end in a tie, which I think is – ridiculous you you never want a game especially of this caliber but in basketball football I don't care if it's a charity exhibition I don't care if it doesn't count on the record books you don't let it end in a tie there's got to be a winner so I was glad to see that this was a true actual game that they weren't going to do some weird stuff where they end it without going to overtime so we get five minutes of extra basketball in Arkansas this is where I thought coming into the season that this Arkansas team was going to be a lot different where we saw last year and the year before that, that some of those teams would not be completely locked in or they would expend all of their energy at the offensive end and struggle to prevent teams from, you know, getting wide open looks and three giving up boneheaded mistakes, giving up easy baskets uh, towards the end of games. And that really proved to be costly Last year, especially in conference play, we saw that a lot, just letting teams go on runs to to kind of get rid of momentum. And, and this team does not have that because they have a lot of veteran leaders who can lock in and defend. And we saw that in the overtime period. Looking at the overtime box, this is where Arkansas won the game. They held Purdue to two of seven shooting in the overtime period. 28% from the field. They, that was where they 
that was where Arkansas won the game because you look at Arkansas's production, they were able to get 12 points, three or five shooting, but they were attacking the basket, getting aggressive, being aggressive, and not settling for, for bad shots, not playing into Purdue's hand where Purdue was playing in Arkansas's hand at the end, just really not making sound good choices, not playing very secure with the ball, playing loose with it, making questionable decisions, and Arkansas made them pay. That That's what this Arkansas team is going to have to do going forward to have success, and it's nice to see this happen in October in a game that does not count for the record um, against a championship-caliber team. They were able to lock in, hold them to 2-7 shooting in that overtime period. And throughout the game, Arkansas's defense was giving Purdue fits. It, there was a clear, I don't want to say athletic advantage in favor of Arkansas, but you could tell that Arkansas had the energy, which you would expect. It's a sellout crowd in Bud Walton Arena. They feed off of that energy. That's why Bud Walton is one of the best. I think it's the best atmosphere in college basketball when it's when it's up and rowdy and filled on a consistent basis. Because the players feed off of that, and you know it's it's worth about four or five points here and there, which was the final margin of victory. But you could tell the energy level was in Arkansas's favor consistently. They were able to force twenty turnovers. They only got eighteen points off of those turnovers, but when you're forcing those turnovers at such a high clip like that, that's you're going to have plenty of opportunities. I expect going going into the season, you'll see Arkansas being able to capitalize and score off of those turnovers at a much more consistent and higher clip. One area that I think is a little bit concerning, but obviously you can't you can't blame them. They have the national player of the year trying to block out and, and get rebounds over, but Purdue did out-rebound the Hogs by 14 and especially on the offensive glass. Now, it, it if you're looking at the game, offensive rebounds weren't really that big of an issue in the grand scheme of things because Purdue wasn't really getting a ton of – wasn't really making Arkansas pay enough for it to matter. But still, looking at the box score, it doesn't really feel great staring at a 14-1 to advantage in offensive rebounds for Purdue. So Arkansas is definitely going to have to, you know, get a little bit better about rebounding. And that's the beauty of this is it's an exhibition game against a national championship caliber team. So you get a chance to see where your weaknesses are. The rebounding is definitely something that this Arkansas team is going to have to work on, especially on the offensive end. But it's kind of a it's kind of a double edged sword, sword, and it's a fine line because you don't want to focus so much on getting a rebound where you get beat in transition not getting back on D because you're too focused on, you know, crashing the offensive board. So it's a, there's a give and take there and there's a good balance that you want to have, have and be able to be able to use because you want your guys to get back and not give up easy transition buckets. That said, Arkansas had a tech had a 10, six advantage in fast break points uh, in transition. They also, had a four-point advantage in paint points over Purdue, which is something that I didn't really expect coming into this game because they do have Purdue does have Zach Eady, who does a lot of his damage in the paint. So you would expect naturally for him to feast. And he he did have a really good game, a really solid game, 15 to 9. But like I said, Chandler Lawson really stepped it up 
and it slowed him down. L. Ellis is another guy that I thought had a really, really good game. It was great to see him. He he played really well. Trevin Brazil looks 100% healthy. I, I'm really – I think we're all waiting for him to have that explosive, you know, where he's knocking down, you know, doing tomahawk jams and stuff like that. It, it kind of He kind of gets lost in the shuffle sometimes when he's not doing highlight plays. But, I mean, he went out – he was – Tied for the most points scored by Razorback. He scored 15, two of four from three, which, again, he's picking up right where he left off last season, being a, a perimeter threat to shoot the ball from deep. And, and his ability to help this offense space the floor is just going to um, elevate this team's capabilities going forward. It, it's it's always nice when you have a big who can space the floor like that and, and shoot at a high level. And Tre- Trevor Brazil has – one of the best jump shots I've ever seen a, a near seven footer have is so smooth. His game is so smooth. That, that's what kind of really my takeaway from this Trevin Brazil, Caleb battle and L Ellis, their games are also smooth, how they handle the ball, how they shoot the ball, how they get to the hole. All of those guys had really just, it's just so they're just so smooth with it. I, there's nothing really more you can say. It just looks so natural, um, and they look also savvy and mature. You're not making dumb mistakes. And one thing that you you get worried about and that you you get concerned about is with a lot of these guys who are getting brought in. They're highly touted transfers, and they're used to being the go-to guy. L. Ellis at Louisville was used to being the go-to guy. Caleb Battle, not not necessarily the go-to guy in t- Temple, but he was able to get his shots, and they knew that he was one of the most talented guys on the roster. You look at Tremont Mark, um, Jeremiah Davenport for stretches in, in his time at Cincinnati. Chandler Lawson, not really. He's always kind of been that second big, that backup big. But some of these guys, they have the reputation of being the guy at their former schools. So they come in, and some of them have to, you know, pass off those facilitating primary score duties to other guys. So you get worried that maybe there's an ego there. Maybe they don't trust their teammates as much because, you know, they're thinking I can do this better than he can. You didn't see a lot of that. And and normally these are the kind of games where you do, where it's an exhibition game. This doesn't matter. So it's like you see a lot of guys going out and wanting to say, I want to go get mine. You didn't have that with this team. And that's a credit to Muss and the coaching staff. I, I would put, I would put their ability to coach overhauled rosters up against anyone in the country. It's one of the best staffs in the country, bar none. And their ability year in to year out to make these guys come together, to get these guys to buy in at such a high level and compete as well as they do, it it, it is incredible. It blows me away. It leaves me speechless sometimes. But all in all, you saw four guys – play more than 30 minutes and you kind of get a clear picture about this rotation going forward. You know, I've talked about it. I've written about it. There's realistically 11 guys in this Arkansas roster that you could play any given night. Arkansas plays. I think they actually hit 11 this game. Um, But yeah, going forward, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, Joseph Pinion only got five minutes. Layden Blocker, he, I haven't mentioned him yet, but Layden Blocker does not play like your normal 
everyday true freshman, your typical true freshman. He plays with a veteran, savvy, a, a mature decision. He makes really good decisions. He's very mature for his age and for his experience at this D1 level. So I think he has incredible talent. And I think he's one of these he's one of the freshmen that I think should be getting a little bit more love uh, from national guys that that I think is kind of flying under the radar. A lot of these guys are flying under the radar. I, I believe L. Ellis, Chandler Lawson, Layden Blocker, Caleb Battle, they're flying under the radar, but they won't they won't for long if Arkansas keeps winning that winning at a high level. Arkansas finishes shooting thirty of fifty nine from the field. For 50%, 8 of 23 from the three-point line for 34%. Free throws were pretty good all around. I think what gets lost in this is that Tremont Mark, you know, misses four free throws uh, down the stretch, which could have been big. They could have really bit this team in the in the rear end, but he was the only guy that missed free throws all day. The rest of the team shot 100% from the line, so that's very good. Arkansas struggled with free throws so much last season, and they struggled shooting the ball. But that's back-to-back games. They've shot 34-plus percent from from deep. So I don't think that it's really a question, can it translate? You played against one of the best teams in the country, one of the best defenses in the country, and it translated beautifully. So um, there's still a lot of lot to play, like I said at the start. But you've got to feel good about where this team is this early in the season. Uh, I'm going to take a little bit to it's going to take a little bit to soak in and kind of go back and rewatch this game and see some of the see some of the intricate things that I may have missed first watching it live. But man, what an exciting, exciting day, especially in the middle of a very disappointing football season. It's hard to not get excited for what's next. Uh, it's the 30th anniversary of this 1994 championship season. If you believe in destiny, if you believe in symmetry and things like that, you, you know, history repeating itself kind of thing, the vibes are really good. The vibes are high for this Arkansas team this year, and it would be very, very special if they put together a season anywhere near what the 90. 90- 94 team was able to do so just throwing a little nugget in there but you know it's it's a long year it's going to be a long year there's a lot that can happen between now and march who knows where this team's going to be then anything can happen but just going by what we saw today i'm not going to overreact i don't want to underreact and discount everything that we saw but both of these teams purdue and arkansas are going to be very very different as we get into this this grind of a schedule you've got the non-conference you're going to play Duke at the end of November. You've got to play Oklahoma. You've got to go to, to Atlantis, play Stanford, maybe either Michigan or Memphis, uh, teams like that. And then you've got that SEC schedule, which is a gauntlet. It's always going to be a gauntlet. Anything can happen. But as we know, Musselman is one of the best in the country at navigating the schedule and getting his team to peak at the right time. You may you may look at this game and look at this result and be like, well, is it bad that they're peaking in October? Well, I don't know if I necessarily would call it a peak because they're still looking at this box score. There's still a lot that this team needs to fix and needs to work on. But the fact that the fact that this game was such a big measuring stick game and you're able to come out victorious over a team that 
is likely going to be a number one, number two seed in March, you have to feel confident. It's impossible not to feel confident and feel good about where this team is and and not be okay with saying uh, or be okay with saying that they they're probably a little bit ahead of schedule. They're, they're probably further along than any other team that we've seen Musselman have in recent years. <laughs> so I think that's going to do it. I definitely need to go back and rewatch the game a little bit and take some more detailed notes. I was kind of just watching it and not really paying close attention to things that I normally would. But on first watch, everything looked great. Very happy with where Musselman's gotten this team so far. And I'm ready to see more. I can't believe that we're going to have to wait eight, nine more days for before the season actually officially gets underway. They play Alcorn State a week from Monday, which I think that that will also be on SEC Network Plus as well. I think their first like four games will be on SEC Network Plus, so the streaming version of that. Um, so, yeah, we're, we'll have to wait a little bit to watch that and definitely advise you to get a streaming subscription to ESPN Plus so you can watch that. But – there's still a lot of time to get things fixed, but I'm very, very excited to see where this team goes. I wanted to let y'all know also, if you're watching this or listening to this, I'm going to be doing Sunday afternoon. I'm going to be, which is tomorrow. This is going up Saturday night. I will be doing a question and answer. Ask me anything live recording of this podcast. Um, So you can ask me anything, Arkansas football, basketball, baseball, volleyball, soccer, if you want to, um, Anything about Arkansas athletics, feel free to ask me, submit a question, things like that. I will be recording it live on stream, so come out and hang hang with me on YouTube, Facebook, uh, or I'll also post the recorded version of it later to my normal podcast platform. So uh, be on the lookout for that and get your questions. You can message me, comment uh, on this live stream, questions you'd like to ask me, or you can just pop in during the live stream and ask me questions then. Uh, so yeah, be on the lookout for that and I'll be looking forward to seeing all of y'all and um, talk to you then. So I think that'll do it. Once again, Arkansas comes out victorious 81-77 over the Purdue Boilermakers in overtime. Very, very good day for the state of Arkansas. It's hard to not be excited and, and impressed with what we saw today. So uh, until next time, this has been the House of Hog Podcast with Connor Goodson signing off. 